Hello and welcome back to Avant-Garde Talk. In this episode, James, Ben, Fergal, and I rank the Star Wars films. If you want, you can rank all the Star Wars films yourself before you listen so you can compare your list to ours. We start from worst to best and make sure to include Solo and Rogue One. Hope you enjoy the show! So do you guys want to start worst to best? Yes. Okay. Worst to best. best. Okay, we'll go down the line. So we'll start with Ben, then I'll go me, then Fergal, then James. Oh no. Are you oh, doing entire, entire list? Um, no, just we're going to say, like, number 11. What does everyone have for that? And then you just say okay. Okay. your answer. All right. Okay, you uh, guys ready? So number 11. Yeah. Ben. Episode 8. Last Jedi? Yeah. Yeah. I have The Last Jedi as well. I've got The Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big, big shocker. The Last Jedi. Nice. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like okay. we don't really need to go into detail too much. Yeah. If we all agree, I don't think there's any uh, explanation needed. Vis- visually, it looks cool, but uh, it's just not. It's just. Yeah. Let's... It was just bad. It's just yeah, straight just up. It was on. bad. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> okay. Uh, number 10. Mm-hmm. I have episode 9. I have The Phantom Menace. Oh, wow. I have Attack of the Clones. I also have Attack oh, of the Clones. Wow. Okay. So you guys aren't as big a sequel haters as I am, apparently. No. Uh, <laughs> no Dude, no. my bottom three uh, are all the sequels. That's <laughs> funny. That's really funny. I, yeah, I think that Attack of the Clones is just... It's unfortunate because of how bad the dialogue was written. It was written so poorly. Yeah. It, it never helps having time jumps between movies. Um, no, especially which, that big a time jump as well. Yeah, that was a massive, massive time jump. Um, and, like, it was just weird. It was just weird. There's a few mm-hmm. good moments. Like, the best moments are when Django drops the seismic charges on Obi-Wan. And when yeah. Yoda fights Dooku for like three minutes. Those God, that was, such, yeah. that was such a cool scene. <laughs> okay, so my reasoning for having all the sequels on the bottom is because they're terrible, um, <laughs> in my opinion. I hate all of them. But my reasoning for having episode nine at the second to last spot and not the last spot is because I feel like they kind of redeem themselves by having a Kylo Ren redemption moment. And I know I've read online that originally that was not the intention, or at least there was a version of the script where that didn't happen. And if that were the case, it would be bottom of my list. It might not even be on the list. I might have to add a 13th (laughs) spot and just have an imaginary Star Wars movie be my number 12. But because they did that, it was pulled from dead last, maybe below last, to second to last. I think it would have been better if he didn't have a redemption arc, personally. Really? Really? I would have loved to see him go to the grave Willing to die for his beliefs. Wow, okay. I don't think it would have been in character, though. I think the whole point was that he had this duality. I think it totally would have been in character because he was forcing himself the entire series to stay bad and try to find the bad in him. Right, but I think that like that was the beauty of the redemption, was that like eventually he runs out of bad to find in himself. Like He realizes that like it doesn't matter who his grandfather was. Like, there is good in everybody. And I think that's the common motif throughout all of Star Wars, is that there's good in everybody regardless of how bad they seem. But that's just me. I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. All right. Uh, number nine? Number nine? Episode seven. 
There you go. I have the Rise of Skywalker. I have the Phantom Menace. I also have the Phantom Menace. Fergal, three for three. <laughs> oh, Dang. yeah. I Get think the Phantom Menace gets a lot of hate that is necessary, but I also think it gets more than it needs. I agree. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of I mean, really the, cool moments in this movie. Yeah, like and, I think the, the fight between Maul and Qui-Gon yeah, and Obi-Wan Maul, is, Qui-Gon, is Obi-Wan incredible. Fight, awesome. The pod racing, I think, is extremely underrated. Yeah. I, I love watching that scene. I think it's great. And Qui-Gon, just in general, an entire movie of Qui-Gon Jinn, I love it. I think he's great. Yeah, I think he's Qui-Gon awesome. so much. And I mean, say what you want about Jar Jar Binks. Say what you want about you know, child Anakin. I don't think, I don't think child Anakin is that bad. And I, I don't think Jar Jar is that annoying. Like, yeah, he has an annoying voice, but like, it's not even that big of a deal. And he doesn't really talk that much anyway. Child Anakin is not that bad because the actor behind him is really good. Like he's yeah. in Jingle All the Way, which is my top three Christmas movies. If you remember from, uh, I don't know, like episode one, I think. Um, like that was an it's an amazing movie, episode. and he does. <laughs> oh, sorry, unedited episode. My bad. Maybe in the deep cut episode that we release. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyways, that's top three Christmas movies for me. Is Jingle All the Way, and it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and a kid that played Anakin, and he does mm-hmm. really well. I think it was just a poorly written script, and the dude got so much hate for it that it legitimately ruined his life. Like that's how toxic the community was to him. Yeah, that's <laughs> awful. That's terrible. <laughs> And we're laughing about it. Oop. <laughs> yeah, I am laughing about it because it's <laughs> terrible, but it's funny. All right. Okay. Number Are we eight. moving on to number yeah. number nine? Oh, wait. Right? No, no, that was a no we're, on eight. Number eight. we're on eight. Oh, okay. you're right. We are on eight. Okay, so number eight for me is Attack of the Clones. It is. Mine's Solo. Mm. Oh, mine is oh snap. Yours is Solo. Uh, we've finally split. I put uh, the Force Awakens. Hmm. Okay. I lied. Mine is definitely Solo. I For a moment, I forgot we were including Solo in Rogue One. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely Solo. Yeah. So, James, why not Solo? Um, so, I actually have Solo. Uh, I'm going to spoil my list a little bit. I have Solo at six and Rise of Skywalker is seven. Mm. I, I, and, you know, I'm usually one for, you know, coherent story. And I think that Solo has a good enough of a story. I don't really like how they did the Kessel Run, but, you know, that's whatever. I just really like it when the focus isn't all about Jedi. Like, I, I just love the yeah. Western, you know, yeah. guns feel of Solo. And The Force Awakens, the reason I have it so low, is it's copy-paste Star Wars. Like, the original Star Wars, copy and paste, just yep. with some new faces. I mean, mm-hmm. to a T, you have... Uh, someone who appears to be a nobody, or they feel like they're a nobody. They come from just like this random sand planet. Um, then you find a ship, you go out, you go on your adventure, you discover the magical properties of the force. You meet uh, a mentor, father figure. Uh, you're tasked by the rebellion that you now are a part of, unwillingly kind of, uh, to go destroy a space planet that's also a weapon, right? And then. Mm-hmm. The father figure dies in a very public display by the arch nemesis of the trilogy. You destroy the planet after one little bit of a duel, and that's the end of the movie. It is like yep. straight up a new hope. And I, yep. 
it bothers me. And I understand like the formula was successful, but it's so obvious. It's not even it's not even like close. It's like this it's is play, this basically plagiarism. If they didn't own the rights to Star Wars and someone yes. released this movie, it's plagiarism. Like it's a cash straight grab. up, I would be kicked out of my college for this. You know, so <laughs> it, I, it bothers me because I think that it lacks creativity and independent thinking, and I I don't like. It. I'm not a fan. They they took the formula and they just plugged in new characters here and there. Right. And there's no I nuance. Think, yeah, there's no nuance. And I don't like that they killed off Han Solo. I think there was more of his story to be told. Um, yeah, but um, Harrison Ford, Harrison's yeah, he wanted to die. Yeah. I know, That's I wanted him to die. <laughs> but, I mean, whatever. He came back. But, I don't know. I just, I'm not a fan of the movie. Not at all. All right. Me <laughs> um, Number seven. Number seven is Attack of the Clones. Yep, Attack of the Clones. Force Awakens. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Rise okay. of Skywalker. <laughs> so my reasoning for having Attack of the Clones where it is, is, uh, well, really for having this, the prequels where they are being, you know, not anywhere near the top, is uh, midichlorians. Hate it, oh. <laughs> absolutely despise it. The worst. Really? If I could, yes, I hate <laughs> that so much because the force had this mysticism behind it that was influenced by like Hinduism and Buddhism. It was like you are connected to the force because you're a living thing. But now it's like, well, you were born with more little bugs in your blood, so now you have an easier time getting force sent or being force sensitive. I hate that. I hate well, it. It's the worst. Okay. So the the thing that I I think I I like about it is it it helps combine the religious feel of it with a scientific feel because I feel like that I, I don't know I think it adds a new dimension and it's not like the force is their god or anything but it definitely is like a mystical power mm-hmm. but at the same time it's it's used and it's it's larger than just like a person or like a being. It is more than that. And it's used to do things. It's not just like a connectivity type of thing. So yeah. it it at least helps explain why people are Jedi and why some people aren't. Because realistically, without it, you can't really explain it. In my in my opinion, I don't I don't see how a Jedi, like the Jedi Council, right? They are the ones who kidnap kids because they're a cult and mm-hmm. they train them. How, without any midichlorians, would they be able to tell who's worthy of being trained and who isn't? I feel like that. I think that the explanation that, I mean, I listen, I took one world religions course, so I'm not an expert. <laughs> but um, from our unit in Hinduism, like there's just, there's an understanding that some people are going to have an easier time reaching enlightenment than others. And so I think that like it would have been easy to just say like there are some people who are born force sensitive and not have like a you have little mites in your blood that make you more force sensitive because that brings in a biological component. It's like, okay, so when humans or aliens or whatever were created, there already existed these little microbes that now live in your blood and have a symbiotic relationship with you. But like, why is this not like why would. I just it would have thrown off the whole biology of everything. So to say that it had a similar coevolution as like bacteria and viruses did with us on Earth, I I don't buy it. 
I think it would have been easier to say the force is the force. It's mystical. You're not going to understand it. And I would have liked that better. I think they're the sequels are or the prequels are spoon feeding you information so that you don't feel like you don't understand. And I think that it kind of makes me feel like a baby and I don't like it. Mm. Fair enough. All right. Number six, (laughs) Uh, the Phantom Menace, the force awakens. Yikes. Empire strikes back for me. Whoa! 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 Okay, no, no attacking, but that is an incorrect opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I have reasons for why I have other things at the top. James, what did you say? Solo. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 You hate me for it. Explain yourself. But okay, the thing is, I think it's a great film, right? The CG is incredible, but for me, the the reasons why I have other films above it are because of things like CG and story, um, and just the kind of. For me, my my list isn't really based on like the story of the film, apart from a few like a couple of them, but a lot of what I base mine off are things like the. CG and the use of it and how it's used and how like incredible it is within mm-hmm. that and also a lot of the kind of choreography especially for fights yeah and for me empire strikes back is a great film but when i'm watching it i i enjoy it but it doesn't really give much to me mm-hmm. okay yeah that's fair yeah all right all right, I think that's five. why. It's so, hold on, <laughs> no, I got a little little anecdote. <laughs> I think that's why it's so difficult to rank these in like an objective manner, is because like you, it's art. You can't be objective about it. It's yeah, entirely subjective. Yeah. Virgo looks yeah, at for, it from the Except for episode eight, you can be objective about that one. Yeah, yeah, you, we can definitely be objective about the sequels and how bad they are, but yeah. <laughs> the rest of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So number five. Uh, I guess episode three. Or no, not episode three. Episode four. There you go. Yeah. Um, I, I have a new a new hope. Ooh, wow. Okay. I that, have... is, that is episode four, Ben. <laughs> what? Wait, I think episode... you said five. Wait. Oh no, what Ben you said said episode four, right? Episode four is my number five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a new hope. That's a new hope. Oh, I'm dumb. So... I'm in episode three. My bad. <laughs> My bad, my bad, my bad. I've, I've got, you mean Revenge of the Sith? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I, I've got Revenge of the Sith on mine. For my number what? Five. I disagree oh. a lot. That's crazy. <laughs> I disagree also. My number five. My number five is Star Wars for A New Hope. But yeah, I'm with Bridget on this. Okay. Okay. All right. So we have the two v two here. What, <laughs> what about Revenge of the Sith? puts it below Return of the Jedi. Because that's like the one thing that I'm thinking of. Hold like on, that. James. I, I don't Before know. I could not just... the gun, I will say, I have um, Revenge of the Sith as my fourth one, so... Jeez. Yeah, I, I have Return of the Jedi as my fourth. <laughs> but but why, why, why is Revenge of the Sith so low for you? 
what I the thing is, I I love the story in it, and I think it's definitely. I mean, it's obviously better than the other two prequels, and it it adds a lot more. It creates a lot more for the characters, but I also kind of just there's things in in um, Return of the Jedi that just I think the the way it was written for me was more compelling than Revenge of the Sith. But I'm going to be honest, they they were both kind of. They're more of a joint fourth than a fourth and fifth for me, mm. because they that. both they both have a lot of things that they do well individually that the other one doesn't do, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why I would say they're more of a kind of joint than a yeah one above the other. I think that's part of why it's so difficult to list them. Is a lot of them are kind of like on par for me. And I have yeah. to make the difficult decision yeah. over like stupid, yeah. trivial stuff to split them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are we moving on to number four? Yes. Number four. Okay. Return of the Jedi. I have Revenge of the Sith. Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Let's I, go, baby. All right, Bridget, you're it's... the dissenting opinion. What's yeah. up? Return of the Jedi is my favorite original. Um, I love the ending so much i love the symbolism of luke at the end with his father so return of the jedi has always been my favorite i mean it's not on my number one spot though but it's my favorite original okay, and oh, the score is also my favorite and that's my favorite um that's true yeah with all the um jawas not jawas the Ooh. what the heck ewoks there we ewoks. go yeah the ewoks the original like the original stuff. porg <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I one of my favorite parts of Revenge of the Sith or not Revenge of the Return of the Jedi, sorry. Um is the contrast at the end between the the Endor Moon fight and the kind of standoff between Luke and Vader and Palpatine on the Death Star. I love how it nice. goes back and forth between the two and mm-hmm. it it goes back to what we were talking about earlier where you have just all you know, everything's just going crazy on the moon. There's just bombs going off left and right. Ewoks are rolling logs down hills. Like, <laughs> it, you know, everything's, just, everything's gone off the rails, you know. They're kind of just doing whatever they want. Meanwhile, in the Death Star, both sides feel supremely confident. And they're kind of just standing there for a solid while talking and being like, like, like Luke just hands him his lightsaber. He's like, here. Yes. You, you can have it. I don't care. You're good. Like, I'm going to get the good out of you. And eventually he does, which goes back to the confidence of Luke. And it's so quiet and, like, peaceful on the Death Star, which, that's a funny statement. But, um, (laughs) peaceful on the Death Star. But it, it, the, the parallels are, or, like, putting them side by side, they're just so different in terms of the fights and the interactions that are happening when you look at Death Star versus Endor Moon. But it's really poetic, and I think it's really, really cool side by side. And they just keep going back and forth to it, which is also really neat. And then mm-hmm. the fight between yeah. Vader is just, you know, another iconic fight. Yeah. I would say the Empire Strikes Back one is more iconic, but... Or not... The, yeah, the yeah. Empire Strikes Back is more iconic than the Return of the Jedi. But anyway, let's move on to I think I'm about to piss three. you guys off. All right, go ahead. All right, so uh, not this one. The next one is going to piss you guys off, I think. But okay. this, uh, I'm going to go with The Empire Strikes Back. 
Okay. Yeah, Empire Strikes Back as well. Okay, this is where you guys are going to hate me. My number three is The Rise of Skywalker. Oh my god. Oh my god. I will explain my reason. Never why, before have I heard an opinion but... so wrong. Number three is Rogue One. Okay. Okay. Respectable. Fergal. All right, Fergal. Okay. Right, Fergal. <laughs> why? <laughs> okay. okay, right. <clears throat> it's it's not a great film. I won't lie. <laughs> but the reason why, for me, it's at my number three, is because of the way that they use the kind of the music and the CG and the choreography throughout to create like each fight. Like the fight on the Death Star, in my opinion, is one of on Death Star 2 is one of the best fights they've ever done. And the reason why is because it, first off, there's no music in the background. So it is just them fighting. You don't have mm -hmm. kind of anything distracting you from the fight. Um, that, but then the other thing is it shows the difference between the characters and their training well, with people saying, oh, Ray's way too powerful. But then you see how Kylo is, he's not losing any energy throughout the fight. Whereas Rey is, you can see that she's slowing down and she's panting and she's struggling to to kind of move and, and strike back. It also shows what um, I remember hearing George Lucas said once, which is that lightsabers have weight. They aren't just a handle and that's what has, you know, that's it. It's, it's a really light thing because it's, it's light. He said that it has, that they are heavy and they have weight behind them and that Jedis learn to use them because they have to use the force to be able to kind of carry it and use it effectively. Which right. I think they showed really well because of the way that as Rey kind of got more tired, it was as if she was having to use every ounce of strength to lift up the lightsaber. It, mm -hmm. it seemed as if she was it was getting heavier for her, which a lot you know, none of the fights have ever done before. And right. I think it, yeah. it was cool to see that in there. Mm -hmm. And also the use of the CG throughout just kind of was incredible. And I love the fact that they, the thing that I love about the sequels compared to the prequels is the fact that they used puppet Yoda rather than yes. a full CG Yoda. Yes. Because using puppet Yoda, A, looks better. And B, in my opinion, creates a more kind of emotional character and you create mm -hmm. a better attachment to them mm -hmm. whereas with the cg it kind of takes away from it because he doesn't look real at all <laughs> there's nothing realistic about him yeah i will respect the appreciation of the fight on the death star 2 however the way that they got there pisses me off to no end she held yeah. up a right. knife to some water? Are yeah. you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, ridiculous. Like, out of everything that has happened in Star Wars, I that is the most outlandish thing I've ever <laughs> seen. It is ridiculous. It makes no sense. It is like an old trope that it honestly wasn't even good in the first place. I hated it. That made me so angry. It took me out of the scene <laughs> entirely. And I was still mad about it even after Kylo Ren threw his lightsaber into the water. I was livid. That was just disrespectful, <laughs> honestly. It hurt. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to say something yeah. that I didn't think I would say, which is I kind of agree with Fergal. Um, 
nothing against you, just against your opinion on the movies. But <laughs> um, I think that, like, I totally agree with you. Like, like that movie was a pioneer in terms of lightsaber fighting. Like, we have never seen someone attack, like, um, I guess so savagely. Like, just the way that Rey and Kylo were kind of going at each other. It was different than anything we've seen before because mm -hmm. before we've seen like trained Jedi versus trained Jedi or trained Jedi versus trained Sith or trained Jedi or trained Sith versus lay person who doesn't know how to use a lightsaber. This is the first time we've seen two relatively untrained individuals or at least Kylo is trained but unhinged entirely and Rey is completely untrained. And they're just whacking at each other the way that two kids with like, you know, Leader sticks go at each other or something. Yeah. yeah, like they're just freaking whacking each other, and I loved it. It was so fun to watch. I agree. The fights were good. All right. All right. Number so number two. Number two. Two. Rogue One. Okay. I, I have Return it. of the Jedi. I have Rogue One. The Empire Strikes Back. Fergal and I are in agreement. Rogue, yes, we are. <laughs> Rogue One. Rogue One is my number three Star Wars movie, but when I'm talking about my favorite movies of all time, Rogue One is in the conversation, and none of the other Star Wars movies are. It's really weird. I don't I know agree, if that makes yeah. sense to you guys, yeah. but it makes yeah. sense to it makes sense yeah, in my I head. I get it. Like Rogue in, One in the context is of incredible. Star Wars movies. Yeah, yeah. Rogue One is beautiful. I loved Rogue One. There's almost nothing wrong with it in my head. Like yeah, yeah. It's so powerful. The only thing, obviously, for me is fucking Lair at the end. Yeah. I mean, whatever. <laughs> whatever, I guess. But, I mean, it, it was cool just to see the connectivity of it, I guess. Because, I mean, that was 10 minutes yeah. before the start of Star Wars, you know. So, I think that Rogue mm -hmm. One delivered a solo-type feel, but, like, way better, obviously. Um, yeah. it, it had no lightsabers. It was very, you know, gunslinger, kind of just, like... We're going to get this done however we can, and we don't need the Jedi to do it. That being said, you do get, in my opinion, a top three Star Wars scene of all time with Darth Vader mowing through. Yes. Rebel troopers, yeah. like, they're literally, like, he's mowing through grass. Like, it's, it is, <laughs> like, the, the parallel between Luke, I was talking to my roommate about this, the parallel between Luke and the Dark Troopers and Vader and the Rebel Troopers is like, it's almost the same. It's the same yeah. thing. And it shows yeah. how equal in power they really were. Um, but I mean, Vader, he's just, he's not even trying. He's picking people up and slicing them on the roof. He's throwing <laughs> them to the side. Like, he, he doesn't care. He's like, I'm going to get what I want. Screw yeah. you guys. He's not even, he has no urgency. He's just walking. And it's intimidating as heck. Yeah. My biggest fangirl moment uh, as it relates to movies, period, uh, was I was at Star Wars Celebration 2016, and they played Rogue One and A New Hope back-to-back. -back. Oh, yes. Ooh. And the scene where, oh, my God, they're in the dark bridge of the ship as the power has been cut, and you just hear Darth Vader breathing really quietly, and then his lightsaber ignites, I oh. literally almost pissed myself. I was so excited. I, <laughs> I was freaked out. freaking out. It was mm -hmm. the coolest thing I've ever seen. And then to have that as the ship flies away with this document having barely escaped. And then you see, uh, they literally played it back to back. They cut the credits and then they cut the beginning credits of A New Hope. 
and just played the ship coming in from behind the camera. So you see, you see the ship go away in front of the camera and in at the end of Rogue One and then come in from behind you at the beginning of New Hope was so cool. I, dude, it was amazing. And part of it for me is coming off such an emotional moment. I mean, they they gave up everything to get those <laughs> literally to the Death Star yeah. without an idea, without even knowing that it would work. And yeah, the scene where he's got the plans in his hand and the door is locked with like three inches of room, and oh, he's yeah. like yanking on the door trying to get it open. He's like, "Open the door! Open the door!" <laughs> and then he realizes that Darth Vader's like six feet behind him, and he just hands the plans over to him and turns around. Like hands the plans through the door and turns around mm-hmm. is like one of the coolest moments in cinema. Uh-huh. I think I I loved the fact I, the music at the end was great. Um, yes, before the Vader scene also because mm-hmm. it kind of one of my favorite TV moments this is a little off track is it's when Zuko and Azula are fighting in the last episode of Avatar. Yeah, because, and, and it's paralleled with the with the Avatar or with the the Aang um, Fire Lord. You know. Ozai fight, but the music overtakes the sound happening in the movie. Yep. And you can hear it, but it's muffled. And yeah. all you all you really get is impact noise and music. And mm-hmm. this happens in row one. And I mean, the Death Star blows up the planet. <laughs> like literally d- destroys it, destroys the satellite, and it's like silent. And yeah. it, it's it's haunting. It, it it's haunting i mean yeah it's brutal and you know cassian andor and jen it's jen or so right or is she the one from battlefield yeah yeah no, it's jen, yes, or so. jen. Yeah. they they just make it to the beach and they realize that they they made it like they did it and they kind of just have this moment where they realize that their their time is done and they put in their part towards the greater mission and they're okay with it and all that combined with you can see like the radiation and the heat coming from the shoreline. Like it's on its way and Cassian Andor knows it and it's so emotional. And then you get, you know, Akbar like, Oh, we're going to get transmission. Oh, and Oh my gosh. It's just so beautiful. And there's like this one very small moment where Andor has this like face of kind of panic. Mm-hmm. You know, they've had this moment where they they're sitting together. They're like, we did it let's just have this last moment together as fellow rebellion members. And they didn't try to force a romance. Also great. Um, yes. And they kind of, they just give each other a hug and they're like, this is how it's okay. I'm okay with this. But right mm-hmm. before the light overtakes the shot, Cassie and Endor's eyes like burst open. Yeah. And you yeah. can't see, you can't see Jin's face because she's looking the other way and she's kind of behind him. But just seeing that like one last little moment of, Oh God, here it is. Yeah. It it made it hurt so much more. And mm-hmm. it's it's the little details that just made this movie so good. Also, yeah. the droid was awesome. Probably yes. my favorite droid. Droid I love K2SO. All right. Number one. Number one? Mm-hmm. Ben. A new hope. Mm. Mine's Rogue One. A new hope. Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> Virgil and I agreed on our top two. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> We agreed on our bottom three, Fergal, but we broke. We really broke <laughs> off at the end there. <laughs> I I think that Revenge of the Sith is just I I don't know if it's because the first two sequels are so bad in comparison to it, or the first two prequels are bad compared to it. Mm-hmm. 
but I see just so little wrong. Yeah. And especially now with the tie-ins with the Clone Wars season seven, I mean, it makes it even better for me because attention to detail is just perfect. And they, they tie up every loose end and I don't think that there's a more iconic scene in Star Wars than Anakin and Obi-Wan just uh, back to what Fergal was saying, resorting to no longer lightsaber fighting and just they just grab each other. They just beat the like, crap at each other. Tired. They just grab each other and the lava explodes behind them. And that shot of Star Wars is yeah. probably my favorite <laughs> one of all time. It's it Anakin's eyes yeah. turning Anakin's yellow with like red around yellow. the edges. Yes. Oh uh, I mean <laughs> They both are doing similar things because Obi-Wan trained him and they're they're like paralleled in each other and it's it's so beautiful to watch, even though it, it hurts so bad. <laughs> and the the dialogue between Anakin and Obi-Wan, I'm sure any self-respecting Star Wars fan could repeat the entire thing verbatim. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it's so iconic and the the little things, you know, Anakin, oh uh don't don't test me like you know you underestimate my power and and obi-wan says don't try it and i think that line is overlooked a lot because he literally is begging anakin to not yeah. try it he knows he's, he's gonna do it he literally <laughs> he knows he's gonna try to jump over him and he says don't do it i'm gonna have to cut your legs off <laughs> i'm gonna make you a potato and this is also echoed in rebels where obi-wan killed them all actually like actually killed them all um when he, when or when Maul used the same move that he used to kill Qui Gon, and and Obi Wan knew what it was and he knew how to counter it, and it's the same thing here where he knows what Anakin is about to do because it's happened to him before and he knows how to combat it, and he's and it's so emotional and everything leading up to this moment is just so emotional and you can see this this the slow descent and downfall of Anakin throughout the whole movie, and you can see mm-hmm. Obi Wan. Anakin's slow separation and at one point they just say goodbye and it's the last time that Anakin and Obi-Wan see each other before Obi-Wan meets Darth Vader and it's it's even more and more and it's all driven by Padme and I think Natalie Portman did a lot better in this movie than in Attack of the Clones yeah, 100% um, I love the Yoda Palpatine fight I thought that was great in the in the big Senate Coliseum where they were throwing yes. yeah chairs at each other i mean it was just great and order 66 was you know painful but it's yeah beautiful and all of your you're watching characters that like everybody loves but you don't really get a whole lot of background on like like plo coon that's one Mm -hmm. where he's delved into a lot in the clone wars and like when you watch the clone wars and then you go back and you watch the order 66 scene it hurts so much more and and he he is like kind of iconic for using the ship a lot in the Clone Wars, like. But, ah, uh, it's just so good to me. <laughs> I I don't think that you could. I don't think I could put it anywhere outside of my top three. Because there's yeah. so one much- more thing about Episode Three that I love so much is the the parallel to Caesar when the Jedi just roll up and are like, "All right, Senator." Emperor, you're under arrest. But they pull up with like eight of them, and he's like, "Oh, so it's treason then." And it mirrors exactly what Caesar says to Brutus. He says, "Et tu, Brute, and you, Brute." Like he knows that like 
they've come to betray him and he can't do anything about it. But Palpatine's like, okay, you expect me to roll over, play dead. You know, you're going to arrest me or you're going to kill me. And he just goes, mm, nah, son, and lunges at them. I think that is so cool. Mm-hmm. It's such yeah. a cool subversion of like the classics that I think is one of, I think it's one of the best scenes in Star Wars, period. Yeah. Which is, I think, why it's higher on my list than some of the other prequels. And I think that also does a good job of demonstrating Palpatine's actual power because those are four Jedi Masters. One of yep. which, Mace Windu, is um, referred to as the greatest lightsaber duelist in the Jedi Order. Uh, Obi-Wan yep. is up there. like He's a, an incredible duelist, but I mean, the... Yoda and Mace Windu are equal in rank, essentially, but Yoda is kind of the leader in terms of wisdom and force, and Mace Windu is more on the the lightsaber fighting, dueling side of things. So he's like the best of the best of the best. And Mm -hmm. Palpatine kind of mows through everybody else around him and holds him off until, you know, Anakin shows up. But Mace Windu does have him beat. And that's a really important yeah. thing to think about is as powerful as Palpatine was, Mace Windu beat him fair and square. Yeah. He had him. He had him beat. And if Anakin didn't run in like Mace Windu told him not to, an entire trilogy could have been avoided. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, a, uh, two trilogies could have been avoided. There's an old saying that my dad says a lot, which is uh, old age and treachery beats youth and exuberance. And I think that that is exactly what plays out in the Palpatine yeah. Mace Windu fight. Is Mace yeah. Windu's got old, or you know, youth and exuberance. He's got he's got the the lightsaber fighting prowess, and he's got the vigor still uh, to beat him straight up. But Palpatine is treacherous. He's a Sith after all, and I think that that's like it really rings true. And he and I, planted the seeds for this moment, however exactly. many years ago, just so he could have Anakin on his side when he needed him. So cool. I, mm-hmm. I I can't put it outside of my top three. I couldn't even put it outside of my top two. <laughs> so yeah, interesting list. I mean, we did it. I mean, I just want to say the reason I think A New Hope is the best <laughs> is because of the CG for the time. Mm-hmm. Because of mm-hmm. the way the, the 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 kind of what they had to do for the CG and to get it as because it's obviously not incredible, but for the time that it was, it's the most amazing shit ever. Like, what? <laughs> and I, I, I'm not going to go into detail in what they had to do because um, there's a, a lot of technical stuff that is just going to take forever. But the amount of time that went into creating the CG to look as good as it does is insane and it just blows me away every single time i watch it thinking this should not exist in that time like it it shouldn't right Mm -hmm. well and and for me it's not even just the cg it's the practical effects like the miniatures that they had to make with such detail that you could see it up close on a big screen and not notice that it's Mm -hmm. not a real thing so cool oh my god it's crazy yeah it's top one for me, just be, like it's number one because top it's the one. original. Without it, shut, shut up. <laughs> Without it, n- none of the rest would exist. And I think that's why it's always going to be number one for me. It, honestly, yeah. it's not the one that I enjoy watching the most, but it is the one that makes me feel the most, I think. That's yeah, fair. Yeah, 100%. I understand that. 
Revenge of the Sith makes me cry, so. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That is the end of episode four. I hope you guys enjoyed our rankings. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week.